0: Welcome, you're listening to A Certain Degree. I'm your host, Nick Jurgidou. This is a podcast that starts out as a radio show on WPRK-FM. You can listen to it live at 7 and 8 a.m. on Mondays at 91.5 or streaming on the web. You're listening to the podcast version. Thank you so much for being here. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss two amazing weekly shows. That's two and they all contain brilliant people Because I'm not the only one here On this episode, number 215 Those brilliant people are Chris Crespo of Cinema Crespediso And PFT Media We'll cover how he got into podcasting Nearly a decade ago And his recommendations for people Who are just getting started Also on this episode is Amy Green Who's the environmental reporter For WMFE That's Orlando's NPR affiliate She published her first book this year, and it's about the Florida Everglades, and one couple's efforts to restore it. Let's start with Anthony Biggie Bencomo. You might know him from Deli Fresh Threads and his new podcast, Lunch with Biggie. If you've been to a market around Orlando or DeLand or Sanford, and I want to say I think he was down in Bradenton the last few years, especially pre-COVID, you probably saw him and his excellent line of sandwich-inspired T-shirts. This is a tough one for people. This is a tough one for me because I don't like to think of myself as good at anything because then it feels kind of like ego-y or vain or like you know I'm, I'm full of myself. No,
1: I'm uh, I'm a hundred percent with you. I uh, I really kind of. Like I was thinking about that and it, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to try to spin, I'm going to spin it. I'm going to spin it in a way where I do think I've actually been told some of this. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with this. Um, and I was told that even when, even when I'm thinking I'm, even when I think I'm negative, I'm still positive. So I'm going to say that my favorite thing is my favorite thing is to cheer people on.
0: I'll go with that. And that's something my, my
1: favorite that. and I'm good from at perch, it. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm going to use it for everything from, I love like if favorite things that I love to do, like I love going to sporting events and I love cheering on my teams. I'm very like pro team support my team. Um, I'm all about supporting my friends. Um, I want to be the, I basically tell people I want to be your cheerleader. Like I want to help. I want to cheer you on because I don't feel, I feel there's just, there's just so much negativity and so much like out there. Like I'd rather be the person that goes, and, you know, I'm not saying that I'm like, I'm not saying I'm like this all the time because I have, don't ever drive with me and I'm in a, I'm in a rush because I'm not all positive and cheerful sunshine. But I will say that I do enjoy being able to go up even in a grocery store once in a while and say, Hey, you guys are doing a really good job. So-and-so did a good job because everyone always complains at certain places. Um, and so I think to me, that's, I guess one of my favorites is to be able to cheer people on, I guess. Um, I've never really looked at it that way, but I've noticed that from what people have like, you know, feedback that I've gotten. I have a lot of people that sometimes call me sunshine uh, and stuff like that. So obviously I radiate, I must radiate something because I thought for a while that they were being sarcastic, but it's really not. I really, I guess I really do have have that. And so I'm going to go with that as like I convoluted as i can I, that's what i'm gonna i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna go with my favorite thing to do that I'm good at is cheering people on
0: so other than your road rage issues which apparently road, you just road rage to. is
1: horrible by the way horrible i i will i used to be i was as a sports fan when I was younger and I was in college and I was the same age as those as the the athletes I was really good at heckling but never saying anything negative or anything like that but I literally have very short, I have a very short like fuse. And, and it's, like weird because I almost sometimes feel like I'm the, the it Is sound crazy. Like I'm the, like I was saying all this positive, And then I'm going to be like, I'm kind of sometimes think that I can become like the, like I, there's a certain part of me where I, if someone were to be, then they'd be like, Oh, he was such a nice person. And then he just snapped. Like I could see that. But I think that's one of the reasons why like, I enjoyed when I go to sporting events, um, I would be able to scream and I wasn't screaming anything negative to anyone. Like I, you know, don't get me wrong. When I was in college, I would heckle the heck out of the opposing team. Cause my goal was to get in their heads. But like now as an adult and as a parent and all that stuff, I'm all about, I'm like, I want to cheer for my team. I don't need to worry about the other team. I'm like, I just yeah. want to tear and like, come on guys, you can do it. You know, like that type of thing. But when I'm driving, It go, it gets a little, it gets a little crazy, especially when they're like going and I'm like, why are you going so slow? And then I do even do this silly thing and I know I'm totally going off topic. Um, when, when, when we're driving and I get too many people like really crappy drivers. Cause there's a lot of them out there that cut me off like, or that get in front of me. And I'm like, sure, just don't use your blinker. So then what I do is I put my windshield wipers on and I wipe the, I wipe it. And sometimes my my daughter will be like, what are you doing? Why do you putting the windshield wiper for? I'm like, obviously I have something on my windshield that says cut me off and be a crappy driver. So I like, I literally start like having this conversation with myself. I literally, I'm like, I lose it. I lose it. I lose it. It's horrible. And if I'm in a rush, which I'm always late because I'm Cuban, uh, I'm always screaming at somebody. I'm like, "Get out of the way! Learn how to drive!" And it's just so. Maybe that's my other thing that I'm my favorite thing that I'm
0: good at. I guess. It seems like you're doing it a lot. I'm doing it more. I don't drive
1: it as much. And I think what it is is that I'm not driving as often. And in the beginning of the pandemic, when there was no traffic, it was great. And you were, you're a lot more, but I guess when you start building, when you start building pressure, I guess, you know, you know, stress levels, that's when it comes out. Like I'm never going to do anything. I'm I'm never going to be like, I'm not the honking guy. I'm not the one that's going to flick you off, but I'm definitely going to say, I'm going to be screaming some, I'm going to be screaming. And I don't know why I'm sharing all this on a podcast right now.
0: I love that, that, you know, these two things are so polar opposites. Like you can't merge them together. No, yeah.
1: I'm basically like, But can't you yeah. just
0: be like, you are so good at being a terrible driver. Yeah. My gosh. Like, did you practice? Yeah. Where did you go to school for it? Like, did you get straight A's? Are you the valedictorian exactly. of bed driving? Do you
1: think they would ever create a technology where you can actually send a message to the person that's driving in front of you so that you can tell them these things. How amazing would that be? I mean, it would cause some trouble right. but for you to be able to do that. Like leave a comment. You're like, you're like, Oh, license plate. And you put the like, license plate in and then all of a sudden it shoots on your dash. You're like, where did you learn to drive? Like, you know, I'm like, Hey, open your eyes. By the way, the pedals on the right, you know, it's like, stop hitting the brakes or Hey, your blinker's still on. It's been five miles. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
0: And you could, I mean, here's the thing. Obviously, it could be used for that, but you could also meet new people. Correct. That Hey, way. I
1: really like your car. Hey, go nights, charge on, you know, something like that. If you see people like that, there you go. Or people will probably say you that to me it. with my license plate because my license plate said sandwich on it, which is a bad thing now that I realize it. Because if I did do something stupid or whatever, then someone's going to be like, oh, it's that guy. That guy with sandwich on the back of his truck, on the back of his car.
0: Well, yeah, you're easily recognizable. That's probably about it. But they're also probably going to be like, yeah, he did a bad thing, but then he said how cool I am, and he was really encouraging about this thing that I'm working on. That's it. It's all good. That's what it's
1: about. Get those good
0: people. Good positive karma. I ask a lot of people a lot of questions, and they never cease to surprise me with their answers. With Biggie, I thought I knew what direction he would go. With all his experience at branding and markets and creating content, I just wasn't expecting him to say being a cheerleader for others, but knowing him, it totally makes sense. While you're thinking about the answer to that question, what is your favorite thing that you're good at? Visit delifreshthreads.com, follow Biggie on social media, and listen to his podcast, Launch with Biggie. On it, he talks to small business owners and tries to figure out the magic that made them successful. Listen, and then you can take that magic. I'm not sure if you're stealing it. I'm not even sure if that's exactly how it works, but they talk about running the small business and being successful. So maybe I imagine the magic stealing part.
2: If you need a little pick me up, a little more pep in your step, go to your podcast provider and subscribe to your daily dose with Bob and Nick. Your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick comes out every weekday, five times a week, and every episode is less than 10 minutes. Perfect for your ride to work, or from work, or near work. Now back to the show.
0: You're listening to a certain degree. The very aptly named Amy Green, WMFE's environmental reporter, was on the show originally back in August of 2017, and we talked a little bit about the book she was working on then, a book that just came out earlier this year.
2: The book is about um, two Everglades advocates, George and Mary Barley, And in the early to mid-90s, George Barley was just a dynamo of an advocate for the Everglades. He was just like a torpedo, you know, just like a high-intensity torpedo on that issue. Um, He was a wealthy uh, real estate investor in central Florida, and he loved to fish in Florida Bay, and he loved to fish for tarpon. And so he could clearly see the environmental degradation that was taking place down there. And as he learned about how the issues in Florida Bay were connected with, with the Everglades, um, he just became in, consumed by this effort to save the Everglades um, and, um, and basically to save the Everglades. And um, by the mid-'90s, his... Stature in Everglades politics and policy was probably about the same as the secretary of the interior at the time Hmm. he was enormously influential and he died very suddenly and very tragically in a plane crash he was on his way to meet with the Army Corps of Engineers in Jacksonville in his plane crash and he died. And his wife, Mary Barley, took up his cause and the very next year waged a political campaign that at the time was the most expensive campaign in Florida history. And it was a ballot initiative to raise money for Everglades restoration by taxing sugar growers. Um, And uh, just south of Lake Okeechobee, there's a very large agricultural um, and sugar farming community there. And today, Mary Barley is still very engaged and very influential. You may remember that her Everglades Trust um, gave Governor Ron DeSantis a very crucial endorsement um, uh, in a campaign where the environment was a big issue mm-hmm. in twenty uh, in twenty eighteen, and all the toxic algae stuff and. Um, and so the book is their story, and it's also the story of the beginnings of Everglades' restoration um, and their efforts to get restoration through the legislature and through Congress. Um, and so in that way, it's, it's also the story of Everglades' restoration.
0: So in the 10 years that you've been writing this book or researching this book, going, getting to the point where you're publishing a book, because I'm sure you weren't constantly just on the computer or typewriter, I'm not sure what you use, uh, consistently writing it. So much changed in the background, in politics, in America, in everything that was going on. Did the book really shift? Did you have to make wholesale changes? Because a lot of it was a historical biography of a couple of people and of an area, but it almost feels like some of it would have to change based on what was going on around you.
2: Yeah, I did have to restructure the last few chapters a little bit. But really, um, one of the reasons it took so long was because my personal life was kind of exciting. My daughter was born, mm-hmm. and um, I had some other personal changes um, and some career changes. And um, and so I, I didn't really start... Um, earnestly writing the book until like 2018, 2019. Um, I also um, got an agent and he dropped me and then I got another agent and that agent got a book contract and that contract fell through and then I got another one and the publishing house went out of business. And so it just took, it just took a while for everything to come together finally.
0: Let me ask you this because I know you've been a writer for a long time. And if I remember correctly, you started out in print journalism, and now you work for WMFE. And I'm not sure, do you still do both, or is it mainly WMFE you're working for and then obviously you're an author and you publish a, you've published a book.
2: No, I still do both. Um, you know, one of the really fortunate things about my position at WMFE is that the station is very supportive of collaborations with other news organizations and my industry, you know, as you probably are aware, it's shrinking somewhat at this point in the digital age. And so, um, Collaborations among news organizations is a common way that news organizations are bringing more resources to the table to do large Mm -hmm. large projects. And so, for example, right now I'm working on a story with Inside Climate News um, about um, landfills and methane emissions, um, and methane is a very potent greenhouse gas emission. And so, so it's a project that involves a print story that will go onto websites and and then a radio story. Oh, neat. Yeah.
0: So I was wondering specifically about the book. You know, you think about writing and what comes to mind for me is fiction. It never occurred to me to write nonfiction. Even if I wrote a memoir, it would be so ridiculous and untrue that it would be essentially, I guess it wouldn't be a memoir at that point. It would be more of a fictional telling of my life because my actual life is super boring. But I was wondering if, you know, you think about getting into a character to write a book. Did you have to take yourself out of character in order to write Moving Water?
2: No, not really. And, you know, it's funny you say that about fiction because i uh, it's funny you say that about nonfiction because I could never imagine writing fiction. I've I've always been a journalist, and if it's not true, I just don't know how to make it up. I guess <laughs> I, I it seems foreign to me, and so with moving water, um, I actually wrote myself into the book um, as I guess kind of a you know, just kind of a, a bystander or an observer. Um, so the
0: audience representative.
2: I guess so, yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, you know, obviously I, I did feel like I got pretty close to George Barley and Mary Barley to some degree. Um, Mary Barley um, still has boxes of personal records from... Um, the 90s and and before that and after that, um, you know, from when they were working on all of this stuff. And so for an environmental journalist in Florida, this was just like it was just such a treasure. I mean, there were press releases in there from the early '90s, from when they were rolling out these early restoration plans, and it was just fascinating. And George Barley was just a fascinating individual. He just was so intense, and and I just really enjoyed reading his writings. Um, he was just such a he, he just was such a force of nature. You know, I've been in journalism for 23 years, um, and. At one point, he was able to get the story on 60 minutes and and they you know he and the team of people he was working with had put together this press packet and I have never seen anything like this. They it had it had suggested questions and timelines and it just like he just was such a force of nature. Um, and so I really enjoyed going through those um, documents um, and Mary Barley, in her own way, is just as fascinating and just as intense. Um, you know, um, I can remember conversations with Mary Barley. Um, you know, as Everglades restoration was going through Congress, um, she was she had meetings in the Oval Office with mm-hmm. President Bill Clinton, and I can remember having conversations with her, like what was it like to be in the Oval yeah, Office, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I can remember her saying something like, the thing you don't understand, Amy, is I'm just not intimidated by these people. If you're not working hard, and if you're not working for the people, and if you're not doing the right thing, I'm just not impressed by you. She just was such a fascinating person to talk to and get to know.
0: That's really interesting. I So going back to the character development then, as you're writing yourself into it, did you make yourself taller? Did you make yourself smarter? Uh, again, I'm thinking of ways I would do it. If That's I exactly was gonna... what I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It's
2: very, it's a very journalistic thing to do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that is my understanding. Yep. I've heard a lot about A lot journalism. of journalists
2: do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Make yourself taller in the story that you're writing because there's no way to confirm that.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes
0: perfect sense. Moving Water, The Everglades, and Big Sugar It's available wherever you get books. And I encourage you to get this book and all books from an independent bookstore, one that's maybe in your town or online. Of course, we were joking about making things up about yourself, especially your height. I mean, I'm 6'8", six, 6'9 six, on a good day, 6'10 on others. What isn't a lie is that I've been doing this show for more than five years, which makes me a noob compared to Chris Crespo of Cinema Crespodiso. He's been on the radio and then podcasting his takes on movies, TV shows, and much more for 10 years. I really enjoy his show, and I really enjoy talking to him one-on-one. This is the third or fourth time he's been on the show. It's hard to tell because we just snap back into conversation so easily. This chat in particular is a master class from Chris on podcasting, how we got started, what you need to get started, and some very real advice on your expectations going in. If you or someone you know is looking at starting a show, listen to this. What made you want to start doing a podcast in the first place?
3: Um, I was on the radio doing SPK Live on 104.1, uh, doing movie reviews once a week. And we were doing that for about two years. And I would have been thinking, eh, should I get into podcasting? And back in 20, this was 2012. In 2012, I was like... So that's,
0: I-? that's early on in podcasting world.
3: And that's the thing. In 2012, I was like, I'm too late. I thought I was too late to get yeah. in on it. Yeah. Uh, Adam Corolla Matt, Mark Maron, you know all these shows had already blown up. Joe Rogan blowing up. They owned it. Yeah. Doug Benson, one of the biggest shows. Like, there's no way. Like, I'm behind. I, I can't catch up. And I was right. I just obviously never going to catch up with those people. <laughs> but uh, I was like, uh, this is too late. Fact is, it was early, earlier than obviously, way earlier than uh, I thought. I'm bad at that. At 2005, I was like, this is it for zombies. <laughs> Zombie (laughs) craze is over. And and they're still going, man. They're still going. I mean, Army of the Dead, goodness gracious, it's still going. Um, So I was like, maybe it's too late. Maybe I can get in on on it. I don't know. And then SBK Live got canceled December 2012. And several people, different people asked me, like, so what are you going to do next? Are you going to go to another show on Mm -hmm. 104.1? How can we hear you? And I had no plan to go to another radio show. I was tied to SBK. Um, Like I didn't want to be on another show. I wanted to be on their show. So I was like, yeah, well, I guess maybe I will launch that idea um, and do my own program. So a month later, January 2013 is when I started uh, Cinema Crespadiso and just started doing it every week um, Mm -hmm. and haven't stopped since then.
0: Yeah, so eight years in, 430-something uh, 430 episodes. 439 yeah. we
3: just did as of this recording. So yeah.
0: really, I mean, if you do the math, that's like you haven't taken much time, if any, time off. No,
3: have not missed a week. Not, yeah. Have not missed a release. I have done maybe five, up up to five episodes. Uh, best of episodes, mm-hmm. uh, a live, not a live, uh, did one where we were in New York for a weekend, so I just brought some equipment and recorded up there, did uh, somewhere I had to just record early, and then scheduled to release a couple days ahead of time or whatever, but I've not missed a week in, in eight years for nothing.
0: So, and you've done bonus episodes, so it's not like yes. you've done more than week's Yeah, that's true, because <laughs>
3: then, then we did bonus episodes, yeah. and then now I'm on uh, patreon.com uh, slash we just did a few weeks ago, uh, publisher hundredth episode on that. Oh wow! Yeah, All so right. that's not even. It's already been that's a couple not years. Part of canon? No, it's not. Yeah, the four hundred. <laughs> yeah, out that's, of canon. That's, yeah, that's exactly that is outside canon. That's uh, <laughs> that what did they what Star Wars called legacy? They used to call oh, yes. it, Yeah. Now yeah. it's called legacy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was like when I saw that, I was like, man, I've already been doing this part for like two years. That's wild. Um, the time just goes by so fast. Uh, it's kind of scary to think about. You know, so I tell people that, you know, it really takes about 20 to 50 episodes before
0: they start finding their footing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you're you're going to change so much. Absolutely. Like any even if I start a podcast now, I kind of like the first 20 episodes. I don't even know if I want you to listen to them. Sure. I know it's going to get better. I'm going to find my voice, the voice for that particular audience, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So instead of like what made you want to start, I guess, what is what? keeps you going what keeps you motivated to continue doing it for so long
3: yeah i think it's um one of the major things is the it is a good outlet it is a good creative outlet and even though it's week to week even when the format seems to be the same over a period of time week to week it's different because i'm in different moods there's different things going on in the world there's different content different content Yeah. yeah so There's always new movies, new TV shows, and then even outside of that, I'm not afraid to talk about real things happening in the world, you know, and to bring the real world into the show. Um, So that'll change the mood of the show, and and things will change, like, during the Me Too days, when Me Too was hot, 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 Uh, what was that, 2017, I think, Uh, for, like, almost a year... We did a segment on the show called "This Week in Rape Culture," and it was all about like what monsters being taken down in Hollywood this week. Who, who, who else out there is a terrible person that we need to uh, be aware of, and you know, stop putting these people up on pedestals. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, that petered out. And then looking back, and the reason why I did it was because it was too much. It was too heavy, you know, to do that for so long. It was like, man, this is getting brutal to keep talking about Harvey Weinstein. Um, So it's just like natural ebb and flow of the show and of uh, the world that we're in and it all coming together. It makes for um, like an evolving creature that then uh, feels in its own way, can feel fresh. And there have been times when it's been stale, uh, when I've been tired of things. So then I get rid of this segment, move this segment out of here, uh, replace this, do that. Uh, At episode 300, I blew up the whole show got rid of all my segments, and just like reformatted the thing because I was so bored with it. Uh, that was already oh my God, two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. I, I can't believe yeah. that. I can't that believe that. That was going to be a while ago. Um, so yeah, it's just like not being afraid to speak my mind, not being afraid to change things on the fly, come up with new ideas, drop ideas. Uh, that's the only way to, to keep it going. If you try to do the same thing week in, week out, you're going to burn out. You know, if you don't allow yourself the flexibility to do different things and to grow and change, you're going to get tired of it. And then your listeners are going to get tired of it, too. Yeah. yeah. You want to keep it fresh for right you guys. If you want them to keep listening, if you want the listeners to keep listening, we got to change what we're doing.
0: Is that one of... I, so I was thinking about this because everyone talks about getting started in podcasting yes. and how hard it is mm-hmm. and there's equipment and there's this, that, and the other. And yeah. it's like... Yeah, but there's so much, so many resources out there that you can go and find. You can pretty much record on just about anything. Yep. And it sounds okay. Yep. The the cost of getting started is not so prohibitive, obviously, because we have, it seems like 500 new episodes a day or 500 new podcasts a day. Right. So, what is the tough thing for you that you're seeing now, you know, eight, nine years in? In terms of producing the show? In terms of either producing the show, we talked a little bit about keeping it fresh, yeah. but you know, like one of the challenges for me is promoting. Yeah, sure. Um, Getting trying type. to get new people to listen, trying yeah. it to get like it's new people tiring. On board.
3: Uh, I remember oh, did I read it or I think I read somewhere. That when you're tired, the when you're finally tired of putting out a message is when people are hearing it for the first time. Oh God. Right? You have to be that shameless obstinate and annoying. Ugh, shameless, absolutely shameless, one hundred percent. And it's wow. Uh, I've gotten better over the years with yeah. being a self-promoter and, and putting putting myself out there. I feel I feel like I've gotten a lot better at it. Um, doesn't feel any better. Like I don't feel less dirty doing it, mm-hmm. constantly plugging my own stuff. Um, but if you sit around waiting for other people to do it for you,
0: you yeah, know. it's definitely not going to be the case. And it's uh, unless you have someone super famous on right uh, or hosting you're not just gonna have that out of the gate yeah, success e-
3: even then um, yeah if you're looking for out of the gate success unless you're already popular it's not happening yeah you have to I don't even know how you would build a significant show now without having some sort of base it, it, it doesn't even have to be in terms of comedy or or radio or podcasting but like uh, like chefs chefs here in town. Orlando meets Elliot, right? He's got a his own little following here mm-hmm. in town because he's um, he's got a good personality. He puts himself out there. He's a fun guy, right? He's been on TV now a few times, so people are checking him out. So then when he starts a podcast, well, okay, now he has a small but loyal group of people already willing to see where he's going with that, yeah. right? Uh, but if you're just a guy or a gal, or whatever. And they're like, oh, I'm, wanna, I'm funny. With Me and my friends, we're funny. We want to start a podcast. And then they start a show. They realize, oh, no more than five people are going to listen to this thing unless we have some sort of significant online following, you know, or we're known for something. Yeah. Uh, or you're going out there and doing the shameless plugs all the all time. All the events. time. You're doing, like... Yes, you have yeah. to network, 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 meet other podcasters, be on their shows, invite them on your shows, cross-promoting and uh, it, it means speaking with a lot of people you wouldn't normally want to speak to and and doing things maybe you wouldn't want to do. Why did you look at me when you said that? Because you're the only person in the room, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> who else am I <laughs> look, who else am I look at? Huh. There's a mirror over there. I guess huh. I, I could have looked in the mirror. All right. All right. Um, yeah, it's tough to build something. So it's like do it because you want to do it. That's it. You know, it's yeah. the same as writing a journal. You don't write in a journal hoping that this thing, this thing is going to be bigger. I'm going to be bigger than Anne Frank with this thing. I'm going to go you. to this open mic. Yeah. and everybody's going to love it. Exactly. Oh, I hate open mics so much, <laughs> so much, um, which is filled with people who are like, "I deserve a following. Yeah. I'm funny. I can do this. No one knows me going to go into an open mic, and it's terrible." And that's, I guess, that's what a lot of podcasts are like. They're just, it's the open mic of the internet, and everyone's got a microphone and uh, then very quickly people find out, oh, it's hard. It yep. takes a lot of effort. Uh, it's hard to build that audience, and then that's why you see so many shows with... 15 episodes and then done yeah. yes yeah exactly yeah, yeah I, I think sometimes it's okay
0: to do stuff that's just for you yeah uh, or you and your friends or you and your even your family yeah exactly like I th- I just found out my mom sometimes listens to my podcast and I'm like oh, that's so sweet well, then I can't talk about her <laughs> no, okay, anymore they, they gotta oh, be careful. that's dangerous yeah. that is yeah. super dangerous but
3: yeah it's like if, if you can build a small audience with your show, be grateful for that audience. Mm-hmm. If you're getting 60 downloads a week, be grateful for those 60 people who you probably don't know in real life who are like, I'm enjoying this entertainment and I'm going to keep coming back and listening to it. Uh, and maybe it'll grow over the years, maybe it won't. But to do podcasting, to get famous... Or to get money or get popular is definitely the hard way to do it. Might as well yeah. uh, do, uh, get some scratch off tickets if you want to, or get on TikTok and become a star there. TikTok is easier to get the traction. Are you kidding me? So much easier to get traction. <laughs> I, my TikToks get so many. Actually, that's not true. I had a couple get like a decent amount of views, yeah. but nothing, nothing significant. All right, yet, good to actually. know. And actually, I'm, I'm telling you, I told you off, Mike. Get on TikTok. Uh, Big Tim Murphy. He has a show, Radicalizing Rednecks. And uh, he is, you know, pretty much has blown up on TikTok himself. He has a really nice following of thousands and thousands of people. He calls himself Uncle Big Tim. He's everyone's redneck uncle. Um, people re- talk to him in the comments and he responds back. He's re- developing his own little community there. And since that happened, his um, podcast downloads have doubled. It, it there actually, you go. It, it, it legitimately yeah. transferred over. From the social media to the podcast, and I was like, "Whoa!" I couldn't, I couldn't believe it actually happened. So that's it's possible. Interesting too, because
0: you find a voice, you find a character, you find an outlet for that. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, 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 and you can tie it all together, you know, and and then it can be just a good creative pursuit for you, and and maybe it'll lead to other things. Uh, maybe you start a podcast, out, have a lot of fun doing it, you meet some people, and then that'll lead to another opportunity. Yeah, that's not podcasting, but it could be equally rewarding. It and maybe even
0: more so, the networking of our time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which
3: is uh, actually, you know, it's probably the best thing about it. It's either the best two things about podcasting and starting a show would be creative self-expression, getting your your thoughts and your feelings out there. It's almost like self-therapy. Yeah, and then uh, and then the networking, getting to meet people. Yeah, and uh, uh, communicating with each other and and growing these cool communities. You know, it's definitely. That definitely has a lot of benefits to starting a show. It's a lot of work. Not a lot of people are gonna listen, but then you got those benefits.
0: Yeah, figure out what the the pluses are for you. Right. Because it's not always necessarily gonna be listeners. Right. And well. sometimes your mom is gonna listen. <laughs> and then she's gonna friggin' wait until Thanksgiving <laughs> to throw something in your face that you said. Just, as a, just like as an aside, you didn't mean it. I didn't even remember saying You'd, that.
3: I, are you sure that was me? I actually uh, wish my mom would remember things I said and throw it back in my face like that. Like, well, at least you're listening, Mom. Thank you. She, she hasn't listened to my show in six and a half, seven years, I think. I, it's So
0: that's the other thing. It's almost like even though we're talking about 2012, you know, podcasts being big then, yeah. the technology and the education
3: of how to access them has right. not caught up and then and the knowledge of what a podcast is or was up to 2015 maybe 16 up to 2015 i would say i was still talking to every now and then i would tell people i do a podcast and they're like a pod what yeah (laughs) like no idea it's like radio for the internet like what is this new technology um now that hasn't happened in years everyone knows what it is it's yeah. in the news spotify uh pushes their podcast uh platform oh, yeah. super hard you yeah. know people know who joe rogan is like beyond uh mma knuckleheads and <laughs> And comedians. Yeah, not so for all the right reasons, but we still know who he is. We know who he is, and it's because of his podcast. Although technically it's not a podcast anymore because now it's just a Spotify show. Yeah. Because it, it's not an RSS feed that you can pop into other right. other things. Yeah,
0: No, I think, uh, and then, uh, you know, I think the technology side is also like subscribe. You know, you, you should subscribe if you like it. You, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Like, how do you subscribe? I mean, yeah, what, what, is, what is
3: subscribing? Right. But now with programs like Spotify, they'll put right up through at the top like follow or subscribe if you hit that button then they'll they'll push you your stuff like today i had my new episodes for you and i clicked on it it was all the podcasts that i follow you know they they do make it a lot easier now for people to to find these shows uh but then ironically there are so many more shows that that audience is now diluted so while there is like less shows less shows in 2012 meant more people were checking you out now that more people know about podcasts, but there are more shows or less people checking out, it's like weird. It's, it's drinking from the fire hose. That's what, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I, would, I would one day love to drink from the fire hose. UHF style? Oh, it would be fun. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. get a drink from the fire hose. Dude, kids don't know what UHF is, right? Neither the movie, nor the, the teams, channel thing. Channel yeah, thing. The yeah. setting. Yeah. 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 Crazy.
0: I don't know. It's on Amazon now, right? Is Amazon it? Prime?
3: I think so. Oh, I yeah. hope so. It yeah. better be. Watch it, kids. We don't need no stinking badgers. I saw that years before I saw Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Oh yeah, and I was like, "That's just a funny line." And then I saw Treasure of the Sierra Madre. I was like, "What is? That's a reference to another movie."
0: Oh, you thought Sierra Madre stole it from UHF? (laughs) No, I was like, (laughs) "That would be funny though." It's like, how do they do that? Uh, Host, but also producer and uh, network. Owner? owner, Yeah, co- like co-owner, co-founder. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So PFT yeah. Media. Mm-hmm. So putting on that hat for a second, mm-hmm. um, I know we talk about like, yeah, you can record a podcast on your phone. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to listen to that right. because the audio is not going to be great. Right. What would you say somebody has to, not necessarily has to buy, but should buy if they're going out there and they're like, sure. I'm going to do at least 40 episodes. So at least
3: give it a, sh- a try. Yeah. Um, if you want good audio, you're g- obviously you're going to want microphones. Don't. Open up your laptop. Don't talk into your hand. Yeah, don't talk into your hand. That'd be weird. Don't open up your laptop and then just use, like, the microphone on the laptop. Literally, like, if you were going to do a
0: spectrum of, like, the best to the worst, that is the worst. Yes, it That's is. A, then, you know, you might as well get your headphones with your little audio jack Yes, in it. yes. That's better.
3: Yeah, the, the, the your earbuds with the yep. little microphone are going to be better than just talking into your computer, 100%. Or, like you said, um, just talking into your phone. Yeah um so get some microphones uh a lot of computers now you know you can get usb mics just plug them into your laptop pull up garage band or whatever if you're an apple user or audacity is a free Free. program that uh i think it's terrible i paid the money for adobe audition because i like quality (laughs) You well, know?
0: and that's only uh, I think twenty dollars a month.
3: It's to cheap. subscribe to 20 that twenty bucks a month, yeah, uh, and you get all the uh, the support and all, you yep. ju- you get the updates. As opposed to before, we had to pay like two hundred bucks for the program, and then they put out the next then version. Next year, just, well, yeah. am I going to have to pay another yeah. two hundred bucks for you know? I'll just keep using the old software.
0: But you could start out with Audacity, and then again, if you like it, if you're just starting, switch over.
3: If you're just starting, Audacity is uh, user friendly, so you're going to need. Actual microphones, uh, obviously, like a laptop for editing. Um, You don't need a board, right? You could just get, like, you have um, a portable recorder. That people can plug into, record into that, and then you can just uh, transfer over to SD card mm-hmm. and do your editing on the laptop. So uh, the barrier for entry is pretty low. You can get into it with decent sound for like, like if you do this setup, I'm imagining couple mics, couple cords, MP three recorder. That's gonna be your biggest expense right there. Yeah, you can get in and out of everything for four to five hundred bucks. And if you do some smart shopping, you can do it even less. I built my whole studio, um, three mics. I had three mics, a mixing board. I already had the computer. Um, all the cables, everything all in, about 500 bucks, And it was because the board and two mics I got from a pawn shop, the third mic was donated. Uh, it was all... Oh, and then my, um, my headphone amp was also donated. So it, it was like you hustle, you look around. Yeah. I went to multiple... Pawn shops, looking for the equipment I needed. My mini M-Box. I got that from the Cash America Pawn people. You want a secret, Orlando people? You want a secret? The Cash America Pawn by the Full sale University. Ugh. All the equipment you need for low, wow, low man. prices.
0: Well, and that's a good point, too, because you probably have a friend who's tried it and may have old equipment that yes. they're not using anymore. Yes. They may have decided they're done with it. Yes. It's almost like a typewriter, right? Like, people are done. They get into that typewriter thing mm-hmm. for a little bit. They're, I'm going to write letters. I'm going to do all the, And then it goes in their closet.
3: Sure. And then it's just wasting away. Someone yeah. else could be using that typewriter. Yeah. You could go to Craigslist and search podcast equipment, and you'll find a lot of Failed and frustrated podcasters being <laughs> like, here is all of my equipment for just a couple hundred Look, bucks. You can do it. Yes. Here, take I, it. I, I couldn't do it, but you can. Please yeah. buy this off me. Please take this. Yeah, so the money. Uh, it's a little easier now. You know, yeah. I remember when I was first looking into buying equipment, the first person I talked to who, this, my mistake was talking to a straight up audiophile about what I needed. And I was like, how much money do I need to studio. Oh yeah. And he's like, oh well, you want this? Stuff, blah A thousand dollars. It's like a thousand dollars. Get out of here. And Get then, thee behind mm, me, Satan. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, managed to do it for under five hundred, I think. So I,
0: unfortunately, there are some. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the facility, but there's a great facility here in town where you can go and edit and do stuff for free. Yes. But when you take the classes, they'll always tell you that you need like the cardioid mics and the this particular setup and that. Yeah. It's like you don't. Yeah. Guys, they're,
3: they're telling you how to run. Like an NPR studio, right? Yeah, we're no. I'm trying to do a show where I talk about video games for 25 minutes uh, with my with my cousin. So it's like yeah, you don't I, need that. you don't need to go over the top. You just want something that's going to sound pretty good. People will deal with pretty good, especially if the quality of what the show is, the content yes. is more important. Yes, if the content the is audio. great, yeah. then people will forgive okay audio. Sure, um, but if the audio is like bad. Even then, even the best show, people aren't it's gonna want.
0: I have turned off shows that I love, yeah. that I subscribe to, that I listen to fairly regularly, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, they recorded this live and they're putting it out there cause yes. pandemic, because of the pandemic. Yes, they needed more content because they haven't recorded
3: anything this mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm. I, no, I'm yeah. done. I've heard live shows where it's like it sounds like they're on the other side of the room. Yeah, like how did you how you pull that effect off? on an audio recording where I feel like I'm in the back of a room. That's actually pretty impressive. And then there's shows that like, you know, all the Zoom stuff, sometimes a person's connection is bad. And there's a lot of, uh, someone maybe doing their best on the editing end to try to sync up the conversations, but you can still tell that there's delays and it's off. And it's like, this is a weird, halting, awkward conversation that I am not enjoying. It's like making me anxious listening to this. So I'll have to, you know, shut it off, even though it's a good show, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it happens. I think the other thing is too. Um, I, I did this for sure when I first started out. Is overproducing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna. Oh, okay. There's a lot of ums and ahs. I'm gonna take all of those out. Right. The entire thing. There's a, a pause here. I'm gonna take
3: that out. You can definitely like, overdo that. Yeah.
0: 100%. You can. You can leave that in. Mm-hmm. Like maybe there's some lip smacking you want to take out or something <laughs> along those lines. Yeah. But for the most part,
3: you're good. And like. I mean, if you're using a program, it probably has like a de uh, effect on it or uh, something to close up your leveler gaps. levelers, yeah. dynamic processing. Has all. There's all sorts of stuff that the programs will do that for you automatically. Uh, I do have like one of my shows that I do that I, I had to do remotely remotely. Um, with three people, and no matter, every time we record, no matter what, one of us, one of us three, has an unstable internet connection. And it feels like it's a different person every week. It's very exciting. Let's well, say one of every four internet connections is unstable. So that, so that makes, makes sense. Makes so it sense. Tracks Yeah, perfectly. 25%. So I would then have to take all three Zoom tracks, line them up, and then re-listen to the show, <laughs> and then, all right, Here's a a weird gap. Okay, let me fix this here. Let me make this sound like this long stretch is actually one sentence. You know, like it's a huge gap. Let me make it sound like one sentence. Let me make it sound like this guy's actually responding to him as opposed to sitting there waiting for for someone that you know, like I it, it takes me almost as long as it takes us to record the show to then go back. And oh re yeah. And
0: re-edit. And it. you're good at it. So that's why it doesn't take as long as somebody who...
3: That's true, because yeah, I've been yeah. doing it now for eight years. Yeah, yeah the, My very first few episodes, oh my goodness, editing those episodes took me hours. And I wasn't even doing all that finessing. I was just putting in things in the right place and, and mixing things down and trying to get it all proper. It took me forever. Now I can mix a show down and get it posted, render time included in like 20 minutes. 25 minutes like why are you going to spend so much time yeah doing all this editing you know hire an editor if you're that concerned
0: yeah if, if you do think you have such a good idea and it is going to be big or it's going to be big to you mm-hmm. and your business it's something that you need for credibility's sake then do that yeah
3: hire an editor yeah and if you don't know an editor to hire you can email me i'll charge you 20 bucks an hour i'll edit your stuff oh
0: wow yeah that's not a lot i think it's a I pretty might. good rate I, no that's right. a great rate yeah I might have you edit all my stuff <laughs> Sure, let's do it <laughs> <laughs> let's do it so one last question as far as um, I know you're listening to all the podcasts on PFT media yes uh, what are like what are some of the other podcasts you listen to and what are why are why do you listen to them sure. what is the thing that kind of engages you interesting as um,
3: a podcast consumer interesting Um. Well, locally, I really like, um, I've been, you know, since the beginning, I've been listening to A Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan, Mm -hmm. Uh, probably, you know, there may be like a Disney podcast that's bigger, I don't know, but I think they're pretty much like the biggest podcast here in town. I mean, they'll do a live event, and over a thousand people show up. If I do a live event, maybe 20 people will show up, and like four of those people are my family, so. Sure. Um they're, they're pretty big and uh, it's just their camaraderie you know it's the same thing that got me into SBK Live on the yeah. radio it's just these guys start talking or girls wherever you, are, wherever you are and I'm like oh I could I feel like I could just slide into this conversation I feel like that's what a lot of people think when they're listening to these things that's why oh, that's sure. why there are like uh, callers you know people wanting to interact and participate because like oh these guys are my friends I want to I want them to be my friend and know me and stuff like that. And uh, I was fortunate enough that when I did SBK Live that we had a good rapport together. Mm. And I actually was able to, like, slide into there um, occasionally and, and and have fun with them. Uh, so it's definitely – that draws me in initially, right, to a lot of shows, especially shows that are, I guess you can say, formatless, like just – Generic conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Generic comedy conversational podcast. Here are the things that happen to us. Here are the things that I'm experiencing. Let me tell you about my weekend. Those type of shows. Right. Um, But I also like listen to way less of those type of shows now. Like so like Tom and Dan I've been listening to since when when did they start 2012 2011 something like that. SBK is like 2010. Um, So now the shows I listen to have a hook. But then on top of that, I have to, obviously, you're going to want to like the personalities. so like It's not
0: just any true crime. You're going to have to engage with the speakers. I'm
3: not just happy to put on a a movie podcast and then sit back and be like, oh, random person talking about movies. Mm -hmm. Like, wipe my hands. I'm done. Like, I want to like these people. There's a show called Two Old Queens. I think they're from Los Angeles. And um, it's these two guys who I think they're comedy writers and uh and they're gay men and they do a show where they're looking for the gayest film ever. And they have this long list of criteria. And they have a guest come on, and uh, they choose a movie, and then they break down this movie with their huge list of uh, different things. And so it's like the Bechdel test, but yes. how gay something yeah, is. Yeah, it's like 40 different categories of gay Bechdel test. Uh, and then at the end, they have an Excel spreadsheet so that they can immediately be like, all right, here's the percentage, and it, it here it is on the list of your oh, rankings. Wow. So as of right now, the gayest movie that they've discovered or they figured out, is um, John Waters' Female Trouble. And that one is like (laughs) 95% gay, according to their metrics, uh, which is very, very impressive. It's a super, super fun show. And it's like the movie part drew me in, but I really like these guys, and I think they're super funny. And I like the guests that they have on and their their jokes and stuff. And I like the approach to talking about movies because it's Mm -hmm. a little different. And uh, that's a fun one. It's a really, really good one, you know I like that. Yeah, so it, uh, formatting has now become a bigger thing for me yeah. o- over time, yeah, for sure, because there are just so many shows out there. So y- you gotta draw me in somehow. Uh, like another, I mean, I think I've mentioned m- most people know about comedy bang, Bang. Now, right? I don't know if I talked about this last time, um, another movie won Bad Science. No. It recently changed their name to the good, the Bad, and the Science. It's also movie based, but that one is they pick a movie and then the host has a comedian and some sort of uh, a scientist or a doctor or someone who's someone in, who knows someone's about in the field. Yeah. yeah. And then based on the movie, it's like, well, this week we're, we watched Happy Feet and we're talking to this uh, uh, marine biologist about penguins, you know, and then they talk about the movie and then they go to the scientists and it's a lot of fun. So I don't know if
0: they want. I want somebody to spoil Happy Feet for me by telling me that penguins can't actually sing and
3: dance. Oh, but they can. Okay, great. They can. Spoiler alert. They love Fergie and the Black Eyed Peas. Big fans up there. That that does track with what I know about penguins. I was about to say the Arctic. Where are they? Antarctica? Arctic? I'm not even sure where penguins are. Antarctica. Antarctica.
0: Ironically, polar bears are only in the
3: Arctic, so they don't interact at all. That's probably good for the penguins.
0: It's really good for the penguins, yeah. but I kind of like—I kind of want to know what would happen.
3: You think they'd share a, a Coca-Cola? Yeah, for right? sure. Right? For sure. That's yeah. what we're missing by not bringing them together. So all we got to do is melt those caps. I mean, we're doing that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Check. Halfway there. Okay, great. And then we can bring the, the bears. will get on the, those floating glaciers. And oh, uh, yeah. They'll, they'll float they'll, down. They'll float down. Cool. The penguins can float up. They'll meet in the Pacific, right? They can, they can both live in the Pacific. Yeah. They'll drink a Coca-Cola, and then they'll go back. I
0: thought we could also do like a um just take down the security measures at SeaWorld just like they did in
3: Jurassic Park. <laughs> sure. And yeah. then they'll all be out. We we can we can yeah. uh, what's his name? Nedry. We can Nedry that thing. Yep. Like ah uh, ah uh, ah uh. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to I would love to let the polar bears and the penguins co-mingle and and we can hang out with them and pet them and be friends. That's how that works, right? That's exactly how that works. That's exactly how that. That works. might be a podcast idea. <laughs> the, the podcast <laughs> It, every <laughs> podcast will bring on a different penguin and polar bear. Okay. And yeah. we'll hang out. And we'll and, and we'll pick a movie, a different movie for yep. the penguin and a polar bear, and then we'll all sit around, we'll talk about how uh how realistic it was for a polar bear. Yep. Did the penguin find it real maybe each week we'll just do Mr. Popper's penguins and then uh What's a polar bear? What's one? a polar bear movie? Oh boy! I oh, mean oh we'll boy. have to. <laughs>
0: can we expand it so it's not just polar bears? Maybe it's other grizzlies. Yeah, I was gonna say. Can we go straight to grizzlies? I can think Anthony of Anthony Hopkins
3: one. Of. We got the we yeah. got the Grizzly Man. We talked to Werner Herzog. We got the uh, the Revenant. Right, Leo yeah. Dio. Oh, there you go. I had some grizzly fun in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Way more grizzly stuff than polar bear stuff. I wonder why that is. I
0: wonder if the polar bears would be okay with that.
3: We got a lot of research to do on this. We got to get to the polar bear lobby. So, just as
0: as a sort of capping this part of the show off, do your research. Oh my god! Find out about polar bears and the other bears. Do they get along? Do they not like each other? Do they like
3: movies? Do they not like movies? Do they like movies about bears? Other bears. I went to little Arnold Schwarzenegger there for a second. Do you like movies about bears? Where are the bears? Where are the bears? bears? Take me to the bears now. The unbelievable. I'm just happy to be here with the bears. It's amazing.
0: And I kind of do want to start this podcast now that Arnold's here. Oh yes, I'm telling he's you. on board.
3: Wait, I'm, I love the bears. We sit there, we said we have cigars, and we talk about my movies. The bears love the Predator. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes, thank you, Chris. Thank you.
0: Chris is just so good at being awesome. Subscribe to his show, Cinema Crespediso. Check out the shows on his network, PFT Media and slide into his DMs with questions on whatever you want to ask about, but probably mainly podcasting. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Go to acertaindegree.com and look for episode 215 for more information about the guests, including links to their original interviews. Thank you to Amy, Chris, and Biggie for being generous enough to say yes when I reached out to them and said, Hey, can I interview you sometime? It's as easy as that. So if you want to start a podcast, that's the first thing you should say. You also should point. Sorry, I was pointing. You can't really see that because it's a podcast. You've been listening to a certain degree.